Section eighteen of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume seven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume seven by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section eighteen when it was the six hundred and eighty-eighth night she continued it hath reached me o auspicious king that when the sheikh said to abu ishak if thou wilt sing something more we will requite thee i dissembled my annoyance continued ibrahim and taking the lute sang again with great attention to my singing and rising altogether thereto in consideration of his saying we will requite thee he was delighted and cried well done o my lord presently adding dost thou give me leave to sing as thou wilt answered i deeming him weak of wit in that he should think to sing in my presence after that which he had heard from me so he took the lute and swept the strings and by allah i fancy they spoke in arabic tongue with a sweet and liquid and murmurous voice then he began and sang these couplets i bear a hurt heart who will sell me for this a heart whole and free from all canker and smart nay none will consent or to barter or buy such loss ne'er from sorrow and sickness to part i groan with the groaning of wine-wounded men and pine for the pining ne'er freeth my heart and by allah meseemed the doors and the walls and all that was in the house answered and sang with him for the beauty of his voice so that i fancied my very limbs and clothes replied to him and i abode amazed and unable to speak or move for the trouble of my heart then he sang these couplets culvers of liwa to your nests return your mournful voices thrill this heart of mine then back a copse they flew and well-nigh took my life and made me tell my secret pine with cooing call they one who's gone as though their breasts were maddened with the rage of wine ne'er did mine eyes their like for culver see who weep yet tear-drops ne'er die their eyne and also these couplets o zephyr of naj when from naj thou blow thy breathings heap only new woe on woe the turtle bespake me in bloom of morn from the cassia twig and the willow bow she moaned with the moaning of love-sick youth and exposed love's secret i ne'er would show they say lover wearies of love when near and is cured of love and afar he go i tried either cure which ne'er cured my love but that nearness is better than farness i know yet the nearness of love shall no vantage prove and whoso thou lovest deny thee of love then said he o oh, ibrahim sing this song after me and preserving the mode thereof in thy singing teach it to thy slave-girls quoth i repeat it to me but he answered there needs no repetition thou hast it by heart nor is there more to learn then he suddenly vanished from my sight at this i was amazed and running to my sword drew it and made for the door of the harem but found it closed and said to the women what have ye heard quoth they we have heard the sweetest of singing and the goodliest then i went forth amazed to the house-door and finding it locked questioned the doorkeepers of the old man they replied 
what old man by allah no one hath gone in to thee this day so i returned pondering the matter when behold there arose from one of the corners of the house a vox et preteria nihil saying o abu ishak no harm shall befall thee tis i abu murrah who have been thy cup companion this day so fear nothing then i mounted and rode to the palace where i told al rashid what had passed and he said repeat to me the airs thou heardest from him so i took the lute and played and sang them to him for behold they were rooted in my heart the caliph was charmed with them and drank thereto albeit he was no confirmed wine-bibber saying would he would some day pleasure us with his company as he hath pleasured thee then he ordered me a present and i took it and went away and men relate this story anent the lovers of the banu uzra quoth masrur the eunuch the caliph harun al-rashid was very wakeful one night and said to me see which of the poets is at the door to-night so i went out and finding jamil bin ma'amar al-uzri in the antechamber said to him answer the commander of the faithful quoth he i hear and i obey and going in with me saluted the caliph who returned his greeting and bade him sit down then he said to him o jamil hast thou any of thy wonderful new stories to tell us he replied yes o commander of the faithful wouldst thou fainer hear that which i have seen with mine eyes or that which i have only heard quoth the caliph tell me something thou hast actually beheld quoth jamil tis well o prince of true believers incline thy heart to me and lend me thy ears the caliph took a bolster of red brocade purfled with gold and stuffed with ostrich feathers and laying it under his thighs propped up both elbows thereon then he said to jamil now for thy tale o jamil thereupon he began know o commander of the faithful that i was once desperately enamoured of a certain girl and used to pay her frequent visits and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the six hundred and eighty-ninth night she pursued it hath reached me o auspicious king that when the caliph had propped his elbows upon the brocaded cushion he said out with thy tale o jamil and the poet began know o commander of the faithful i was desperately in love with a girl and used often to visit her because she was my desire and delight of all the things of this world after a while her people removed with her by reason of scarcity of pasture and i abode some time without seeing her till i grew restless for desire and longed for her sight and the flesh urged me to journey to her one night i could hold out no longer so i rose and saddling my she-camel bound on my turban and donned my oldest dress then i baldricked myself with my sword and slinging my spear behind me mounted and rode forth in quest of her i fared on fast till one night it was pitch dark and exceeding black yet i persisted in the hard task of climbing down wadis and up hills hearing on all sides the roaring of lions and howling of wolves and the cries of the wild beasts my reason was troubled thereat and my heart sank within me but for all that my tongue ceased not to call on the name of almighty allah as i went along thus sleep overtook me and the camel carried me aside out of my road till presently something smote me on the head 
and I woke, startled and alarmed, and found myself in a pasturage full of trees and streams and birds on the branches, warbling their various speech and notes. As the trees were tangled, I alighted, and taking my camel's halter in hand, fared on softly with her, till I got clear of the thick growth and came out into the open country, where I adjusted her saddle and mounted again, knowing not where to go, nor whither the fates should lead me. But presently, peering afar into the desert, I espied a fire in its middle depth, so I smote my camel and made for the fire. When I drew near, I saw a tent pitched, and fronted by a spear stuck in the ground, with a pennon flying, and horses tethered and camels feeding, and said in myself, Doubtless there hangeth some grave matter by this tent, for I see none other than it in the desert. So I went up thereto and said, Peace be with you, O people of the tent, and the mercy of Allah and his blessing. Whereupon there came forth to me a young man as youths are when nineteen years old, who was like the full moon shining in the east, with valour written between his eyes, and answered, saying, And with thee be the peace and Allah's mercy and his blessing. O brother of the Arabs, methinks thou hast lost thy way? Replied I, even so, direct me right, Allah have mercy on thee. He rejoined, O brother of the Arabs, of a truth, this our land is infested with lions, and the night is exceeding dark and dreary, beyond measure, cold and gloomy, and I fear lest the wild beasts rend thee in pieces. Wherefore do thou alight and abide with me this night in ease and comfort, and to-morrow I will put thee in the right way? Accordingly I dismounted and hobbled my she-camel with the end of her halter then i put off my heavy upper clothes and sat down presently the young man took a sheep and slaughtered it and kindled a brisk fire after which he went into the tent and bringing out finely powdered salt and spices fell to cutting off pieces of mutton and roasting them over the fire and feeding me therewith weeping at one while and sighing at another then he groaned heavily and wept sore and improvised these couplets there remains to him naught save a flitting breath and an eye whose babe ever wandereth there remains not a joint in his limbs but what disease firm fix it ever tortureth his tears are flowing his vitals burning yet for all his tongue still he silenceth all foemen in pity beweep his woes ah for freak whom the foemen pitieth by this i knew o commander of the faithful that a youth was a distracted lover for none knoweth passion save he who hath tasted the passion savour and quoth i to myself shall i ask him but i consulted my judgment and said how shall i assail him with questioning and i in his abode so i restrained myself and ate my sufficiency of the meat when we had made an end of eating the young man arose and entering the tent brought out a handsome basin and ewer and a silken napkin whose ends were purfled with red gold and a sprinkling bottle full of rose-water mingled with musk i marvelled at his dainty delicate ways and said in my mind never wot i of delicacy in the desert then we washed our hands and talked a while after which he went into the tent and making a partition between himself and me with a piece of red brocade said to me enter o chief of the arabs and take thy rest for thou hast suffered more of toil and travel than sufficeth this night and in this thy journey 
so i entered and finding a bed of green brocade doffed my dress and passed a night such as i had never passed in my life and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the six hundred and ninetieth night she resumed it hath reached me o auspicious king that jamil spoke saying never in my life passed i a night like that i pondered the young man's case till the world was dark and all eyes slept when i was aroused by the sound of a low voice never heard i a softer or sweeter i raised the curtain which hung between us and saw a damsel never beheld i a fairer of face by the young man's side and they were both weeping and complaining one to other of the pangs of passion and desire and of the excess of their longing for union quoth i by allah i wonder who may be this second one when i entered this tent there was none therein save this young man and after reflection i added doubtless this damsel is of the daughters of the jinn and is enamoured of this youth so they have secluded themselves with each other in this solitary place then i considered her closely and behold she was a mortal and an arab girl whose face when she unveiled shamed the shining sun and the tent was lit up by the light of her countenance when i was assured that she was his beloved i bethought me of lover jealousy so i let drop the curtain and covering my face fell asleep as soon as it was dawn i arose and donning my clothes made the wuzu ablution and prayed such prayers as are obligatory and which i had deferred then i said o brother of the arabs wilt thou direct me into the right road and thus add to thy favours he replied at thy leisure o chief of the arabs the term of the guest right is three days and i am not one to let thee go before that time so i abode with him three days and on the fourth day as we sat talking i asked him of his name and lineage quoth he as for my lineage i am of the banu odra my name is such an one son of such an one and my father's brother is called such an one and behold o commander of the faithful he was the son of my paternal uncle and of the noblest house of the banu zra said i o oh, my cousin what moved thee to act on this wise secluding thyself in the waste and leaving thy fair estate and that of thy father and thy slaves and handmaids when he heard my words his eyes filled with tears and he replied know o oh cousin that i fell madly in love of the daughter of my father's brother fascinated by her distracted for her passion possessed as by a jinn wholly unable to let her out of my sight so i sought her in marriage of her sire but he refused and married her to a man of the banu odra who went into her and carried her to his abiding-place this last year when she was thus far removed from me and i was prevented from looking on her the fiery pangs of passion and excess of love-longing and desire drove me to forsake my clan and friends and fortune and take up my abode in this desert where i have grown used to my solitude i asked where are their dwellings and he answered they are hard by on the crest of yonder hill and every night 
at the dead time when all eyes sleep she stealeth secretly out of the camp unseen of any one and i satisfy my desire of her converse and she of mine so i abide thus solacing myself with her a part of the night till allah work out that which is to be wrought either i shall compass my desire in spite of the envious or allah will determine for me and he is the best of determinators now when the youth told me his case o commander of the faithful i was concerned for him and perplexed by reason of my jealousy for his honour so i said to him o son of my uncle wilt thou that i point out to thee a plan and suggest to thee a project whereby please allah thou shalt find perfect welfare and the way of right and successful issue whereby the almighty shall do away from thee that thou dreadest he replied say on o my cousin and quoth i when it is night and the girl cometh set her on my she-camel which is swift of pace and mount thou thy steed whilst i bestride one of these dromedaries so we will fare on all night and when the morrow morns we shall have traversed wolds and wastes and thou wilt have attained thy desire and won the beloved of thy heart the almighty's earth is wide and by allah i will back thee with heart and wealth and sword and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say End of section 18 Recording by Maricel Quee